shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. It is Thursday, March 9th, 2022. At least where you're at. Why? Well, because I'm in Edinburgh, Scotland. And this is episode 99 of the Hugo Podcast. And I got one question. Y'all are ready for this? Come on. Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. Bounce with me, bounce with me. Come on, come on. Bounce with me, bounce with me. Come on, come on. Hey. We back. Coming to you live from Edinburgh, Scotland. And you know what? I've, I've had to apologize numerous times to uh, just my friends here that get annoyed that I'm like talking like them. I'm, not, I'm Listen, I ain't trying to appropriate nothing. I just love the way they talk. And since I can roll my R's, I just feel like I'm... I'm, like I'm like I'm with it a little bit. Oh my gosh, uh, jet lag is over. I'm officially in. And you guys have been on the. If you've been on the Instagram, some of you aren't on the in the Insta Familia. You don't need to be. You're the human hope familia. But if you have been on the Insta Familia train, you've been keeping up with the incredible uh, few days we've had here so far. So by the time you listen to this, it will have been. Oh my gosh, will it be in a week? Yeah. Did we leave on a... I can't remember when we, when we left. But a- anyway, we've been here about a week now. And um, that's crazy. That means we we leave in less than a week. So first of all, thanks for hanging out. Hopefully you're having a good time. Um, I also want to let you know, if, if you are not signed up for the Mas Familia list, which is my newsletter, I'm, I'm giving y'all sneak peeks into this trip that nobody else is seeing. So... I'm talking about if you want the list of all the restaurants we went to, if you want to plan your dream t- trip to Scotland, I'm putting it all in there. All right. So you're going to want to you go to, the, go to my website, carloswhitaker.com slash masfamilia, or maybe it's mas-familia, whatever. I'll put the link in the show notes. Also, let it be known that you can a- already tell the difference. You're probably like, Carlos, why are you talking into a 1975 microphone? Well, it's because I didn't bring one. <laughs> and I brought a XLR mic cable. I brought a mic stand. But did I bring an actual microphone? No, I failed. Um, so that's why you're hearing this on, um, I'm recording this literally on my laptop microphone. So for uh, those of you that are like, oh my gosh, like what, what are we going backwards here? No, 99. You know why? Because I want from episode 99 to episode 100 to be, to feel like the biggest jump ever. And next week is episode one freaking hundred. I need you to call your grandma, your auntie, your uncle, your 
your cousins, all of them, because we, we, we are going to look back next week and we're going to look forward next week, but enough about next week. It's going to be 100. We're going to party. Um, we're, let's talk about this week. So uh, anything else that I feel like I need to, to hit on? Not really. Besides the fact, a round of applause for you, um, because you guys loved, you guys devoured the experiment raising a 16-year-old son episode. Um, there were more listens to that episode in the first two days. There was about as many episodes, listens to that episode in the first two days as there normally are in the first five days. So um, yeah, I just, I'm grateful for my son. Um, and I'm also going to do an episode about my daughters and their trip to Paris because they've been here for seven weeks. They were in Paris for five weeks. Um, and Edinburgh, you're supposed to say like bread and butter, Edinburgh, uh, or Edinburgh for another week. Uh, wait, what? no, they went to London for a week. Then they went to Edinburgh for a week and they, they saved all the money themselves. And they did it on a budget, and I'm just super proud of them. So a lot of you have been asking specific questions about their trip. So maybe we'll do like a travel episode where where I bring them in for half the episode, and they just kind of talk about how they did it. Because whether you're 19 like they are, or you're, I don't know, 79, I think that a lot of how they plan this trip is going to be valuable for those of you that want to do it. Um, okay, enough of that. Let's get into the meat of this episode. And I, l- listen, uh, I, I will put this interview on the same level as I did John Eldridge. Now, why do I say that? Because this is a man who I've read so many of his words in my life and has impacted so much of my life that I really don't uh, like. Like a lot of a lot of my the way I approach the mind and the heart meeting together has to do with this man, Doctor Henry Cloud, um, and. A lot of you guys have read his books. You, um, you've you read, um, I mean, obviously his most famous book is Boundaries. But, I mean, he's got, first of all, that book, every single human being on planet Earth needs to read that book. All of you, okay? This, this interview isn't about that book, but you need to go read it. This interview is about his new book, which I believe is going to be a game changer. Why? Well, because I've read it and it's, Change the game for me. The anatomy of trust. Y'all don't even know, right? We've all heard it. Just, just trust me. Like, like, like that's supposed to make you just jump on board when someone says that, right? Like what, what's the anatomy of it? Like, like how do you build trust? How do you repair trust? How do you know when it's time to not trust somebody? Today, Dr. Henry Cloud is going to give us literally the anatomy of that word, which is one of the most important words in any relationship that we have. Friends, if you have people that don't trust you anymore, if you don't trust people anymore, if you have friends that are done trusting other people, this is a conversation for you. So without further ado, let's hop straight into my incredible conversation with Dr. Henry Cloud. We have the uh, honorable, I'll call him honorable because I bestow honor upon him, uh, Dr. Henry Cloud. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Oh my gosh. It sounds like these honorary doctors <laughs> that don't deserve them. You call me honorable? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I just gave it to you. You you have the human hope honor, honorable doctorate uh, now. So for whatever that's worth, I'll send you a certificate. You could put it on your wall. That's right. I, I am a human. <laughs> I can't say that. I, I, yes. That's what it takes. <laughs> that that is good. You are you are a human. Last time I saw you, I just want to check something personal with you in uh, like an island off of Georgia at a at a fundraising event that I was there. You came up on stage, but you had some back issues. I wanted to ask how your back issues have been doing. Oh, you're so kind. Yeah. Well, if you recall, I mean, I was in a wheelchair. You prayed for yeah. me, and I jumped up, and I was healed. Right <laughs> there, it was there, it was. Or was that not? I don't remember. Uh, uh, Actually, it was a pretty tough time. Um, yeah. And for about basically three years, I, I couldn't walk. Um, wow. But it was, it, it, it's, it was kind of calling it back issues because I had severe nerve pain down my leg. Wow. And so they, they diagnosed it coming from my spine. And then I had spine surgery, and that didn't touch it. And it turned wow. out uh, that two 
total knee replacements and spine surgery over the course of all that time and after three years, I am healed. I'm, I'm good. Wow. So I- that is so good. I'm so glad. Uh, to hear that. I know, I know how debilitating that can be. And I, I just remember thinking, I'm just going to keep praying. So no, it wasn't me that prayed for you in the moment you hopped out of the wheelchair with somebody else. <laughs> you know what? It was a lot of prayers and a lot of, um, yeah. you know, uh, what I feel like are miraculous things got, you know, put together to find the answer. Um, but, I, but I'll say this about it, Carlos, because um, mine was limited to yeah um, three years, right? And I could also find a place that didn't hurt. If I sat down, if I stayed in the wheelchair or stayed in a chair, I was down in pain. If I stood up, it was awful. I couldn't walk or anything. But my point is, people that deal with chronic pain, Mm. if you have anybody in your life that deals with chronic pain, then do whatever you can. Just... Understand and comfort. It is. It's awful. It wears wow. everything. How you? It's awful. So I really. Oh. I re, I'm fine now. I'm Good. So yeah, I love that. I, I think we all. You know, I think everybody. Everybody probably does have somebody that is in pain in some way, shape, or form yeah. in their life. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, what, what would you say, what was helpful when somebody would, just a friend, I mean, is it just reaching out? Is it just empathizing? Like, like, really, what is that? You know, it really is to, for, um, you know, I'm a big believer and have seen too much to not believe in the power of prayer. when you tell them, you know, look, I'm going to keep praying for you, but mainly that, that somebody just understands, cause you start to feel like, yeah, I'm slow and I can't move and I can't do stuff and I'm a burden to everybody and, you know, they're going to throw me off a cliff and be done with me. But the fact that people really get it and they understand, it really helps. Yeah. That's good, just to really get it. Well, speaking of really getting it and understanding, um, this is the first time you've been on my podcast, but I've I've read all your books. I've listened to you on many, many different spaces. And when your new book came across, I don't know, actually, I don't know if it's new or not, but the new to me book uh, called Trust. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've kind of, uh, my life's work the last three years has been trying to uh, to bring some semblance of healing in a pretty divided nation, in a pretty divided space. Yeah. If there's ever been a season where people are having a hard time trusting not only news outlets and not only coworkers, but trusting their own family, tell us where, kind of the, tell us the, the spark and where this book came from and why you felt like right now was a great time to be talking about trust. Well, you know, it's interesting, like where books come from. I think, you know, with different people, they come from different places and some have great ideas and sit on a rock and get inspired and write. Um, <laughs> but I, I've written a bunch of books, um, but I don't, I'm not an author. That's not, that's not what I do. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a practitioner. And so Um, I'm a clinical psychologist by training, but most of my work, um, you know, at least in the last probably 20 years is with CEOs and and their teams and big companies and high performer types. And, and, you know, I get called into these, these situations. They're always really smart people and they (laughs) always, you know, they know their business and they're, or, you know, if it's a family business or, and these are not idiots, right? And they have a lot of experience. They're highly educated. And so many times, um, either the lack of performance that the business is having or the individual or the malaise that's happening, you know, between boards and CEOs and all of that, it comes down to a lot of times the lack of trust. That trust is broken down in some way. And so, I've been working with trust for years and years and years, but it just seemed like, you know, in the last probably 10 years or so, I kept, I kept seeing it so much that I thought, well, why can't we build a a little usable, like a GPS model Mm. and people could kind of, okay, what are the things I need to really look at to, and the subtitle of the book says this, Carlos, it's called trust. But the subtitle says, when to give it, like, how do we know when to trust them? Right. And what can we trust them with? Mm. So how do I get to go? How do I hit the go button? When to withhold it? Because mm. there's a lot of people that, you know, we think, 
Well, sure, they're trustworthy or whatever, and we can get into all that, but you really should not be trusting them with what you're going to entrust to them for mm. objective reasons. And then the third one is, how do we earn it? You know, if you're a brand, if you're a business, if you're in a marriage, if you're, you know, you will have the best life that you can ever have the more trustworthy you are because good people will then invest in you. And that's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the last one is, how do we fix it when it gets broken? And so I just saw those four factors over and over and over and went into a really deep dive on all the neuroscience and the psychology and the spiritual side and the business side and everything that goes into the science of trust. Yeah. Looked at the factors. What makes the human system give in, move towards somebody, give them your wallet, give them your heart, mm. follow you, embrace mm. you. What is it that hits go? And there's really the way I factor analyze all this, there's five big factors and we have to check all those boxes. Oh my gosh. That, that is, now this is actually so valuable for me personally. So look, look, I'm, I know this is a podcast for the thousands of listeners, but I'm just going to start asking some personal questions myself. Cause I'm like, I got Dr. Cloud in front of me and I've been wondering a couple of things about trust, to be honest with you. One of the things is this, um, Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I, I have a platform on, on Instagram with about 250,000 Instagram followers. And we try to, um, I've been the last year and a half raising money um, for people in need. So like Waffle House, we, you know, we'd tip a Waffle House waitress $50,000. We would, you know, tip a piano player $70,000. And so how it was- this, you, how, how much do you tip your podcast guests? <laughs> that is amazing, right? Well, we, we've tipped over- <laughs> yes. Yeah. We've, t we've done over $1.6 million in the last 18 months wow. uh, that, that we've given away, but where this you in your audience, how oh, cool is that? that's really it's cool. pretty, it's pretty cool just to see the life change that that's happened. But this is actually what I want to, where I want to go with this is all of this money that has been donated. How I do it is I, I say, Hey, here's my Venmo, my personal Venmo dump the money into my Venmo, and then, I, and then I will give it to the people in need. And inevitably, it's, it's actually kind of mind-blowing to me. And I didn't think about it until my wife brought it up. She said, do you understand that, you know, because I mean, I put screen captures up and, and it's download the spreadsheet so everybody can see where the money's going, but that, that people that follow me are just literally not even asking me twice, but dumping the money into my personal Venmo account not even thinking twice about it, trusting 100% that I'm just, I'm going to take their, their money and I'm going to give it to the person in need. And I think sometimes I, uh, maybe about six months ago, I started thinking what has happened to where the, how have I gained this much trust in this community to where they're just willing to be like, yeah, here, here's my money. Okay, what's the next one? And I'm like, don't you guys even want to see that I've given the money to the, you know, and I always do that. But I guess I started thinking. Well, they probably do see it, right? I mean, you, you show them the results. And I show them the results. I show, you know, they, I show them the, the money going into their thing. But at the beginning, there was a lot more of like, you know, me having to prove it. But then now that we've done it so much, people don't even ask. And they're just dumping it into my Venmo account. And I just think that there's, there's some scientific trust trust thing happening here yeah, uh, that I I can't really put my finger on maybe can you help me put my finger on that like like maybe maybe I am accidentally going through some of these five things that you, you talk about that must be there you are um well let's let's hop into them real quick um yeah the, the basically it's really important to understand that we are biologically neurologically psychologically wired for trust just for trust. To trust. Yes. And the reason is trust is the fuel for life. You can't have a life without wow. trust. 
Now, a lot of people, I, I, when I was working on some of this stuff, I was sitting on an airplane, a guy next to me says, says, what are you working on? I said, well, I'm work, doing some research on trust. And he goes, oh, I'm, <laughs> I don't trust anybody. He said, I learned <laughs> a long time ago. You, you just can't trust people. He said, I trust myself, and I'm the only person. I just don't trust people. Wow. I said, you know, I'm a psychologist, and if you want a professional opinion, you're crazy. <laughs> That's a professional opinion. He said, we come out. I said, dude, you are psychotic. You know, psychotic is somebody's out of touch with reality. And if you think you don't trust anybody, you're psychotic. I'm sorry. Yeah. Said, what are you talking about? I said, look out the window. Yes. We're at 43,000 feet. Did you get yourself up here? <laughs> You trusted a couple of people up there in the cockpit you never met before. You trusted some guy. How do you know he didn't put chocolate milk in the fuel thing? You, <laughs> right. you just ate the food. Don't tell me you don't trust. That's I good. Said, but when I hear something like that, generally, it's from somebody who's been really wounded in some kind of personal yeah. trusting way. And so the point is, without trust, nothing works. Yes, that's good. And we know this from performance, we know it from teams, we know it from companies, we know it from brands, we know it from, from mer- all the marriage research in the world. You know, trust yeah. is the big currency. And so we're wired to do this. You know, an infant comes into the world and, you know, when mommy looks at the infant's face, they're, they're neurologically wired. You've heard mirror neurons. And what that does is they're looking for the signals that it's okay to open up and invest. And then they have a drug trip on oxytocin, which is a bonding chemical. And that's the same reason people fall in love and, and trust idiots. You know? Yeah. Yeah. One day, right? Because they're on a drug trip. And so, so the reason that I thought a model would be helpful is if we can get off the drug trip and get to some objective realities you know, of when to hit the go button. Yeah. The first one, Carlos, is something that you are hitting on. Um, We trust people when we feel like they understand me. Mm, Wow. Okay. That is the bottom line of trust. And it's basically, it's a deep understanding of people and what their needs are, what their pains are, what their fears are. And all of that. And when they feel like we get it, instead of persuading them that we, you know, you should trust me, when they feel like we get it, you trust somebody when you know they really get you. How many times you walked out of an interaction with a boss or a coworker or somebody, you walk out of there, there go, he, he didn't get it. He, yeah. he didn't hear me. This big one. He didn't hear me. We didn't connect. And that's the big deal. I remember I was talking about this in a leadership event one time, and God walks up to me. Afterwards, I'm the lead hostage negotiator for the FBI. <clears throat> and everything you just talked about is our training program. Wow. I, I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we walk in a bank. guy's got a bomb strapped to him with 20 hostages. We don't walk in and try to persuade him to trust us or, you know, persuade him this is a bad idea. Dude, why? this is stupid. Don't blow yourself. You know, what we do is we ask him his name and then we say, so, so tell me how we got here today. What's going mm. on? Wow. And you're pulling out with deep listening because things are going to emerge. And then you, you feel like somebody understands. Now we started a connection. Yes. And my hunch is, and you know, you're talking about your audience, that they have enough of an experience with you where they experience, I think, the empathy that you have for yeah. them. Yeah. I think they feel understood by you when you talk yeah. about conflicts they have in all this yeah. these areas. But and they also feel like you have the empathy and the understanding for the people that you're trying to help with the donations. That's so good. So I, I think you got a drug trip going on in a good way. Yeah. This you know, understanding. Yeah. And they're bonding with you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So then let's say I go to the doctor for my knee replacement and he understands me and and I actually had this happen. And then all of a sudden we get to the next factor of trust. And this doctor is like, he calls in all the residences he's trained and say, yeah, we can put him in the research study and all that. And he starts talking about all this stuff. And I'm going, wait a minute, I, isn't there a patient here? Yeah. And the second thing was, it was really all about him. It wasn't about me. Wow. And the second factor is, what's the motive? Mm. Why is somebody wanting me? <laughs> to invest. 
Right. Are they for me? You know, it's n- nothing wrong with, with us having self-interest. Every relationship, you know, you get a job, you know, you or if you hire somebody, you 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 want them to perform and you you want the business to work. But if they don't feel like you want them to win, mm. you want the best for that employee or in a a marriage, if one person's over there, you know, like if I were out, you know, I'm just just setting up tea times to play golf and I don't ever think, well, what's Tori got going that day? How would that affect her? Right. If we're not thinking about the other person's best that we're in a relationship when they're not there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Does somebody have my back when I'm not even present? Are they for me? Do they want me to win? Anything we're going to do is, are they concerned about my interests? That's basically, are they self-centered? Right. And that's the motive piece. That's the motive piece. And and I think people probably sense, you know, you're not in this to, you know, make money. Yeah. You're in this, you know, for the people that y'all are giving it to, but also, yeah. you know, my hunch is that your audience feels like you, and this is the deep psychology of it, you are relieving their pain. Mm. See, one of the things that charities don't realize sometimes is that they feel like they're in the business of helping maybe the homeless. Yeah. And you are. But with a donor, that donor walks around every day and goes to stoplights and sees a homeless person and feels like, I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. And they're walking around with this angst. And I think you're understanding the giver's pain and giving them a channel that relieves their pain, that now they get to do something. Yeah, that's That's so good. Our first partner this week is my favorite meal kit company, Green Chef. Y'all know the Whitakers love themselves some Green Chef, and there's only one problem, the problem is right now I'm in Scotland and I can't get my Green Chef meals here. I got to wait till I get back to Nashville, Tennessee. But there's some good news. The great news is they've actually expanded their menu. Now we get to choose from over 30 recipes weekly with the option. Here's This is the greatest part. To mix and match different meals from different dietary preferences in the same box without changing our plan, right? So it's like vegan one day, keto the next. And since I've decided that this year being my 50th year, I'm eating healthy, I am so focused with my meal planning and Green Chef is helping me get there. It is convenient. It is easy. I'm telling you, like you can try the fast and fit recipes under 750 calories and they're ready in less than 25 minutes. And one of the things y'all know that I love is I want to make sure that we are taking care of the earth and Green Chef is the only meal kit that is both carbon and plastic offset. They offset 100% of their carbon footprint as well as 100% of the plastic in every single box. It is so important to me. So here is the deal. What do you got to do? Go to greenchef.com slash humanhope60 and use code humanhope60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's right. Go to greenchef.com slash humanhope60. Use code humanhope60. That's the number 60. And get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. And our next partner is Better Help. Human Hope with Carlos Whitaker is sponsored by Better Help. Listen, I know that I continue to grow in my life. Like, I'm not the same person I was five months ago. I'm definitely not the same person I was five years ago. So what I love to do is make sure that I'm talking to somebody else about that growth. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process especially because we're always growing and we're changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding. Because listen, sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey 
of self-discovery from wherever you are and take you to wherever it is you want to go. I have benefited from therapy so many years of my life. I talk about it in my books. I talk about it from stage. And I would love to see you benefit from therapy as well. So listen, here is the deal. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash humanhope today to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash humanhope. Where are all my 1980s Flintstone vitamin-eating kids at? Listen, I appreciate you, Mama. I appreciate you for giving me them vitamins. But here is the deal. Those were filled with so much sugar. They were like candy in disguise. Literally, two tablespoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other like gummy junk that we probably never should have eaten. That is why Haya was created. The pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamins. Now listen, while most children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar and can contribute to a variety of health issues, Haya is made with zero sugar and zero of that gummy junk, yet it tastes great and it's really good for your picky eaters. Mamas, dadas of your little kids, Haya fills the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste that they love. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about every single month. My kids... Listen, they're teenagers, love Haya, and I do too. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. That is 50%. That's crazy. To claim this deal, you must go to Haya Health. That's H-I-Y-A health.com slash human hope. This deal is not available on the regular website. You got to go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash human hope and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. So then my knee surgeon says, no, I really, I, you know, I want you to play golf again. And now I feel like his motive is good. He's for the patient. Right. And he says, all right, let's go schedule your knee surgery. And I say, great. And then the doctor goes, and I'm, you know, I'm excited about doing this knee replacement because I'm an OB-GYN and I've never done one. And this is going to be really fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> whoa, mama. <laughs> Wait a second. He's a specialist in a little different area than I need work on. <laughs> So the third factor is, do they have the competency to pull off what I'm asking them to do? Right. Because we can care about people. They can be loving. You know, they have great motives. And you see this all the time. You know, friends will go into business together because they're great friends. And I love this person. And we're going to have fun. But they're a great friend, but they're not a great business partner. Right. Because they don't. Or you hire a friend. Or what about people getting married? It's easy to fall in love with a lot of stuff. But does that person have the competency that it takes to make a marriage work? That's a different job description than a boyfriend or a girlfriend. So we're going to get let down if somebody isn't able from a skills perspective and competency to deliver on what we're entrusting them to do. And so... Back to your audience, my hunch is you're showing them the strategies, you show where the money goes, you show them the video, the person getting the money and the tip, and they go, God, they're really pulling this off. Yeah, yeah. And that gives trust. So now I find out the doctor's competent and all this, and, you know, he's done a thousand of these, and he wrote the books and designed the devices in the knee, and all that was true about my surgeon. So what if he says, all right, so I'm on, you know, I'm about to do one of these, if you want to we got a theater in the OR and you can stand up there and watch me do one. If you want to watch it, which I would never do before. <laughs> I don't want to stand up there and do to me, right? You watch it after it's over. But let's say you go watch him and all of a sudden he's sawing this guy's leg in half. And then all of a sudden the surgeon goes, Oh crap, he's bleeding. Oh no, he's bleeding. And he runs out of the operating room. 
Well, he might be a very competent surgeon, but now we're getting into the personal character makeup. Now, I'm not talking about lie, cheat, and steal, but is he calm? And does he have the head? You know, when there's a crisis, can he persevere? And, and, you know, people's makeup is a big deal about what we're going to trust him with. I had a brother-in-law as a Navy SEAL, and these guys, they're unbelievable what they do, you know. Mark was the brother I never had, just the great American and one of my heroes. And we lost him um, in 08 in Iraq. And it was just a, the greatest father, the greatest just the best. Mm-hmm. And I, he was a brother I never had. And, and, and whenever Mark would come back from deployment, I, I'd always say, Okay, tell me a Mark story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. These guys are crazy. So we jump out, you know, we jumped out of the plane about 40,000 feet with full scuba gear, went through the oxygen level, hit the cold ocean, went down to the bottom, took a little nap because we had been up for three days. And then six of us boarded one of, the, you know, one, one of their ships and took it down, turned it around, took it to the holding station. Then we had breakfast. Just another day. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, just another day. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here, here's the point. His makeup, what they can lean into and not get rattled and the courage and all of that. If I had bad guys coming after me, I would trust Mark to, to protect Right, right. If I'm in the dark night of the soul. I mean, I married him and Sarah. I did the ceremony. And in their premarital, they both flunked the empathy test. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and the pastor's going, which one of y'all is going to care? When the Who's going to pull this off? Yeah. <laughs> but they're both really thick. Yeah, it's really funny. But, you know, if I'm going through the dark night of the soul and I'm weeping my eyes out and I need somebody, you know, to be nice and care about, I'm not calling Mark. Mark, Right. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But then... <laughs> My really empathic, you know, loving, caring friends, I'm not going to send them downstairs when the bad guys are coming in. So, Absolutely. Are you giving a project to somebody that maybe the project's a turnaround project where there's uh-huh. not going to be any good news for a year and they need a lot of attaboys and need to feel good about it? That's not the project to trust them with. Wow. Somebody loves to eat problems for breakfast, and when something goes well, it bugs them because they want something to go fix. That's a different kind of makeup. So we're not talking about just moral and ethical character, which is foundation. Don't trust a a person that lies, cheats, or seals. But we're talking about, think of a movie character. What's the arc of that person's makeup? Are they going to be able to pull off what you're trusting them to do? And then lastly, lastly... What happened last time? The fifth factor is a track record. Yeah. And so simply stated, the best predictor of the future is the past, always, mm. unless something happens to change something. But it's really important to see this. I mean, hello, why do you know most New Year's resolutions fail? Because the person has mm. not really become a different person yet to right. be able to pull off what they're entrusting themselves to pull off, they're just thinking, I'm just going to make a So a lot of people, their trust is broken with somebody, and the person comes and says, you know, I'm really sorry, I won't do this again. Well, I forgiveness is free, and I'll give you that for the past, but trust is earned, and I'm going to have yep. to be a little different track record before I start to really trust you again. So there, there's your five. And I think if you look at your work and what you're doing, you kind of are doing all of them. That, that's... Uh... I love it. Again, understanding, motive, ability, character, and track record. Um, you know, I, I I think that a lot of people are going to read this book, and uh, they're they're going to. I, I've actually found found myself when I was reading Boundaries for the very first time a long time ago. Um, I was I was the person that when I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, Pete. I, I was in such a bad place in my life that I felt like my friends and family needed to read this book because they needed to create boundaries because of me, right? Like, and so like for the person that reads this book and they're like, okay, so what about, what if I'm the person that has broken the trust? What if I'm the person that, um, you know, that, that people are going to have a, because a hard time fixing it because I'm the one, if you go to the subtitle again, 
when you go to the last one, how to fix it when it gets broken. I broke it. So, so talk to that person, Dr. Cloud, that maybe is the one that has some trust repairing to do. Well, actually, that is a big, big, big section of the book on how to repair trust once it's been broken. And really, Carlos, for two reasons. For that person, because if, if somebody's really let somebody down or there's been a big betrayal or say they had an affair or, you know, something, and they're truly, truly, it's a wake-up call, and they don't want to lose their relationship or their job or their marriage, and they really want to put it back together. Mm. What you'll see is they come back, and they're very sorry, and they, they're trying to make a commitment and convince the other person, I promise I won't ever do this again, and et cetera. Yeah. And I feel for that person because you are sincere and you really do want this to be different and it can be but what you've got to know is if you're going to truly regain that trust there are some things that have to happen in a process it's not a switch that somebody just just hits yeah and so i wrote it for that person to help understand the process but then the other person the one that got betrayed yeah they are in what I called in the book a dilemma because they've got to choose between two really unattractive options. <laughs> right? One is okay, you can divorce this person or you can fire this person, and that gets rid of the trust problem, but there was also a reason you married them mm, or hiding. things about them that you love. You might have kids together or somebody that is, you know, works for you and has all these skills and abilities and everybody loves them and blah, 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 blah. There's reasons we love this person. Yeah. yeah. Now, okay. I can get rid of the relationship and now I lose. Okay. Or my other option is equally as bad. I love them so much. I want to try to work this out. And now I'm setting myself up yes. for another woundedness. So yes. the person that's got to regain the trust is looking at two bad options. <laughs> totally. Unless, unless you understand the process of how you mitigate against that second option of getting hurt again. Right. You can't ensure it, but you certainly can go a long way. Yeah, being as sure as we can be, or how you decide to cut bait. And so yep. that's kind of what the book, and it goes through a lot of cases. Oh, it's so good. Showing people what it looks like to have these conversations, what you've got to say as the person that regains trust, and what they've got to see in you. So yeah. it's process. We don't flip a switch. I love it. You know, it, it, it is a process. And I think for anybody listening right now, um, knowing that since it is a process, it's, it's going to take more than just reading the book, right? It's going to take putting it into practice. It's going to take, uh, actually time. I mean, trust takes time. And, uh, I feel like that's one of the things that I'm hearing. Uh, I'd love to, I'd love for you to, a lot of people are going to be familiar with your book boundaries and they're going to think, okay, well, I, I, he's helped me with boundaries in my life. What's the correlation between trust and boundaries? Like how, how, how are these two concepts? Um, how do they work together in, uh, in relationships, whether it be a work, home, life, whatever it is? Well, that's a really, uh, <laughs> you could teach a PhD course. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. That is so... Wow. So, you know, let's just start with how trust happens is basically in a dyad, right? It's in a relationship uh -huh. and there's two parties, okay? For trust to happen, there's got to be an experience of separateness mm. because there's got to be a me and a you and this space in between us that I'm trying to, like, bridge this space with some sort of a connection with you. All right. So it starts with if somebody doesn't have good boundaries, 
and they're already in my face and controlling or manipulative, and I feel like they're violating my boundaries. I'm moving away, and the yeah. construct of trust is moving towards. Yeah. It's like the old country and western song, how can I miss you if you never go away? Right. <laughs> like, get out of my head. Get out of my face. So, so basically what we're talking about, you know, trust is – it is an act of freedom yeah. that we do. And if somebody feels manipulated or controlled or dominated, then their boundaries are being violated. And right. they can't trust that because they're not free. That's why in so many, you know, you talk about families arguing about politics or whatever. Yeah. They're never going to trust each other as long as the other person's trying to control them into thinking a certain way. Right. That's not how you change somebody's mind, whichever side you're on. So the boundary yeah. thing, you know, is really, really, really huge. When we violate somebody's brain boundary or their body yep. boundary, then, you know, trust is going to be somewhere down the line. It ain't coming first because we had to yeah. get free for anything. And so it really gets into the biochemistry of a dyad. And the human functioning of being able to be my own agent that makes up my mind and decides to give you my heart, it doesn't, you can't control me into giving it to you. So yes. It goes wrong a lot of marriages as well. Yeah. No, that's good. I, I would definitely let everybody that's listening, first of all, go pick up the book Trust. Um, I, um, I'm excited about the book and definitely, um, pick up boundaries as well. Let's just do a, a twofer. I mean, go, go ahead and grab both the books. Uh, I think, I, I think that they are going to, uh, go along, uh, side by side really well. And I just want to say thank you for really, you know, your work, what you do. I know it takes a lot of work, but it's really helpful. Uh, you're just, you, you get to look at somebody right now in the eyes that has been really helped by your work and what you do. And so I just want to say thank you. No, you're very kind, and God bless you for all the stuff you're doing. I mean, I just love just the premise of what a world that needs hope and get people talking to each other. You know, you're talking about the breakdown of relationships and the divide. Yeah. And and that first one, that first piece about trust of understanding, Carlos, so much of that is broken down in in part, in my view, because of lack of proximity. Mm, yeah. People sit over here in their echo chamber. Yeah. Side. I'm not picking sides here. I'm talking yeah. about yeah. And there's no proximity. There's no real closeness to the experiences mm -hmm. of why that person holds that view. Yeah. Both sides, why they feel that way, who they know that's been hurt by the other part of it. And there's no, there's no true understanding. And, and what's amazing is, you know, when I hang around that space and I watch people, and as soon as somebody says something, their hair catches on fire. <laughs> Seriously, they can't have a conversation. They can't even so listen to why the person feels that way, whichever side they're on. And they turn into an emotional thinker. And it's really, yeah. their IQ has dropped about 30 points. And I go, dude, I can't, you can't have this conversation because you're not thinking. And they right, think right. you're not. And then I watch other people with some emotional regulation and some understanding and some maturity. And they literally can have a dialogue and understand and go back and forth and assimilate and accommodate, you know, data and all of this. And so I think a lot of it is that people don't get close enough. Yes. I mean, close enough in a listening and understanding way without going on the attack. And it's horrible. It, you, I literally think you just broke down something in, in that minute and a half that I've been trying to break down for a long time. I've got this saying that I think you actually just unpacked for me. My, my, the phrase that I say all the time when people that follow me are like, how do you have 50% of the, your followers on the left and 50% on the right? Uh, how is it? It's there, I can't find anywhere in the world where that's that's happening. And I, I always say this, I, t I tell people, well, when people ask me where I stand on an issue, I, I say, I don't stand on issues, I walk with people. And, and uh, that, 
You should and, have a podcast. You go say stuff like that, man. That's <laughs> really good. <laughs> so, so you know, I say that, and people are always like, "Well, what do you mean?" And I'm like, "I mean, I don't know. I just, I just would much rather walk with the walk, walk with the issue with the person and with proximity than." Then stand on a uh, and with the bullhorn telling people where I stand on an issue. But I feel like what you just said, that proximity piece is that walking with people is that that's where the trust is inherently going to be built. That's yeah. so good. And all, all the two sides do, or the problematic discussions for the two sides is they sit on their sides and they, they throw either critical bombs or data bombs or right. And they're trying to persuade before they understand. Yeah. That is a, you might as well be trying to jump over the Grand Canyon flat <laughs> Not the way the physics of understanding, not the way the cognitive processes of assimilating and accommodating new views have. It's, you're just wasting your yeah. time when you do that. You're yes. talking to yourself. So good. Dr. Cloud, thank you so much. This has been so, so good. Everything I wanted it to be. And you you have, the podcast is called Human Hope. I feel like you've given a lot of people hope. So, hey, are you uh, are you out on the road? Are you speaking? Are you just writing hey, right now? What? Uh, hold on. Can, can I just delay one little fear based on what I just said? Yeah, yeah. People are going to say, well, you just want to listen. Then, then, you know, then understand them. Then, no, but I, I really believe it doesn't yeah. mean that you have to give up your opinion. Yes. When you listen to somebody, it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to change your mind. Right. But it does mean that you're going to have your opinion with a better understanding of the reality of where everybody else is coming from and how even to make your position work in that context. of Yes. It's about, it's about listening to each other. Yes. You it's, hold on to your view. It's not... It doesn't mean you're turning your back on your values. It just means you're turning your ears and your heart towards somebody else. That that that's that's all it means. So good. Gosh, I uh, I just really appreciate it. Thank you, Doctor Cloud. Okay, man, it's good to be with you. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to tell people something. Yeah, you were supposed to tell people. Like, yeah. are, are do you have other other resources? Are you traveling? Are you speaking? Uh, are you for the trust thing? Um, if they go to drcloud.com forward slash trust. Um, you can get some exclusive content about, about trust and where it all goes further and also um, find out how to sign up for a live event about it. So there you go. There it is. That's what I wanted people to do. So yes, make sure that you go there. I'll make sure that all that stuff is in the show notes as well. And we just really appreciate your time. Thanks, sir. See you next time. Dr. Henry Cloud, ladies and gentlemen, that was amazing. I, I am going to listen because I've done it already to that interview at least five more times on this trip. And uh, I'm just so appreciative for what he's poured into my life. And um, I know that this book is going to change so many of your lives. Hey, listen, The Anatomy of Trust. Make sure you go to Amazon, go to his website uh, and pick one up, not only for you, but for a friend of yours that you know could use this message as well. Human Hope fam, thank you so much uh, for hanging out. Hey, listen, let's queue up a little Dr. Delight. Hang on one second. There it is. So listen, next week is 100. I don't care where you are, who you are, why you are. You best be here on Thursday because we are going to party hard. Dr. Delight, y'all ready for this? Come on, come on. Hey, all right, so that's it. I will see you guys next week. Hey, also, please remember, review the show on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. On iTunes, is that even a thing anymore? I don't know. I am so like OG podcaster. Spotify, all the places. Make sure that you leave a five-star review if you love the show four and a half star review if you hate the show and i will see you next week for episode 100 a hundo let's go <laughs>